in Seattle, Seattle. You need to buy yourself a home. We'll be right there for you. Because we're the realtors that you can trust. So go to RodandDonsitDown.com. Don't go anywhere unless you want to. It's the Ron and Don Show, starring Ron and Don, and sometimes me, at ronanddon.com. Hey, you guys, what's going on? Welcome to episode 674 now of the Ron and Don Show, and we're back live in the Schwab studio. What is up, Ron and Don Nation? Hey, coming up on the Ron and Don Show, let's talk about boomers and why they're not selling their homes, and let's also talk about radio stations around the country where are all the rock stations going? And you're not going to believe who's buying them up. Before we get to that, though, let's get to this. Let's talk sports. Seattle has a new coach. They went from having the oldest coach in the NFL to now having the youngest coach. So Mike McDonald come from the Ravens, and he's pretty incredible because I don't know if you know this story. A couple years ago, Jim Harbaugh, University of Michigan, can't beat Ohio State. He picks up the phone. He calls his brother because the Ravens always have a dominating defense, right? He calls his brother, John, and he says, hey, I need some help. His brother, John, says, you know what? In order to beat Ohio State or a team like the University of Washington, you need to run the Ravens defense and do it the Ravens way. Jim Harbaugh said, yeah, I agree with you. Who you got? He said, I got Mike McDonald. He sent Mike McDonald to the University of Michigan. He installed the Ravens defense that you just saw destroy the University of Washington. Then he went back to the Ravens. You saw what they did this year. And now his way, he's on his way to the city of Seattle. Here's what's interesting, though. We are in a division with the San Francisco 49ers who have one of the brightest minds, right, when it comes to coaching and calling offensive plays and Kyle Shanahan. And the same when you look at McVay with the Rams. You got to beat both those teams twice a year to even have a chance in this division or advance to a Super Bowl. The Seahawks had to look at this and say, wow, do we go after an offensive coordinator that typically if they're the head coach and they're calling the plays, they're going to stick around. And that's the most important relationship you're going to have the offensive coordinator with the head coach and the starting quarterback. Or do we go with a defensive coordinator knowing if the Seahawks become a good team, that offensive coordinator is always going to get poached and what happens that relationship with the quarterback that goes away really interesting ron because when you look at the last five super bowls every team that won the super bowl had a coach that was calling the plays and to me having a defensive coordinator i don't know if he's going to call the plays i think it's a little damn ridiculous because even the legion of boom or you go back to the 85 Bears, or then go way back to the Raiders in the early Super Bowls, you cannot play defense like that anymore. This is a league that makes the defense play like it's flag football. It's all about offense. It's all about scoring points. And it's all about taking care of the quarterback and getting rid of CTE and head trauma. 
I would have liked the Seahawks. Uh, I wish they would have gone out and got an F- offensive coordinator for a coach and also a new quarterback like Bo Nix. What are your thoughts? Yeah, this is an interesting call. And I read some of the stuff you put up online and I, I don't think you're wrong necessarily, but I'll, I'll throw this out here. One way to look at the NFL and one way to look at a team is in any given matchup, how many points is it going to take for us to win? And so when you think of someone like when you watch that Kansas City Chiefs game, uh, there was a, a, a phrase that you heard thrown around there a little bit. It's like, hey, it's going to be a race to 30 points. Whatever team that can get to 30 points the fastest and hold on to that is probably going to win the game. So in, in, in those analyst minds, they're thinking this is a 30-point victory. We need to score 30 points. And so you get a magician out there like uh, you know Patrick Mahomes and hooking up with Travis Kelsey. They just did some incredible things, and they did that. The flip side of that is the what the Baltimore Ravens defense was thinking. They're like, hey, if we can hold the other team, if we're at the top of the league in terms of least amount of points uh, allowed, we can hold that other team to 17 points or 19 points or 22 points. It's easier, takes the pressure off of our offense uh, to score so many points. And so I, I, I see the benefit of that in the old adage, uh, and it may not work anymore, but for years and years and years, going all the way back even before your, your favorite team, the 1985 Bears, the adage was the thing that's going to get Super Bowls is a run game and defense. And while it's more boring than uh, a high-flying offense for forever and a day in the NFL, that was a, a golden rule. Uh, running game and and uh, defense is going to win championships. And so I, I would like to believe that a guy that's in his 30s, even though he's defensive-minded, is also going to be very progressive offensively. What became crystal clear to me, whatever we did at head coach, is that the type of quarterback that we have right now is not going to win championships. This is going to be whatever coach you bring in and whatever defense they install uh, with this type of quarterback and nothing against Geno uh, personally. I'm just saying look at the quarterbacks that were in the final four. They are not Geno Smith type of quarterbacks. Maybe you could say Brock Purdy a little bit, but even there, uh, I would say that's just a different animal as you brought up with Kyle Shanahan. So unless we're going to get a dynamic quarterback that is a threat with his legs as much as he is a threat with his arm, um, I don't know if it matters what you do. It's Bo Nix, man. I don't care what anyone says. Bo Nix, we've all watched him because we're on the West Coast. A lot of people around the country didn't watch him play. He had so much experience, six-year player, University of Oregon. 72% of his passes were complete. He can uh, throw it short, mid-range down the field, and the dude can run. He is faster than hell. I mean, he can run like Lamar can run. So if you're going to give me Michael Penix Jr. from the University of Washington, I love him. But the days of being a pocket passer like that are over, and as soon as Michael runs, he's going to get hurt. He's a little frail, I think, right? So I hope he proves me wrong. But I really hope the Seahawks do whatever they can do to step and go get a bone next. By the way, it was just uh, breaking news, and by now you've heard this for a couple days because we're recording this on a Thursday. You're hearing this on a Monday. Dan Quinn, uh, the old coordinator for your Seattle Seahawks, went and coached at Atlanta, took them to the Super Bowl, was up 27-3 to and lost it. He was a defensive coordinator for the Dallas Cowboys this year when they got creamed, right? Wow. Uh, he is your new coach for the Washington Commanders. 
So they're deciding to go with a defensive mind as well. A lot more defensive coaches out there than offensive coaches and offensive coordinators. Uh, And I think what's really interesting, Pete Carroll now sideline. Nobody talks about him being a coach, right? And then uh, Bill Belichick, Mike Rabel. All those guys sitting on the sidelines. We'll see you on the other side. Hey, you guys, I got some exciting news now through March 2nd. They're having their Founders Day sale at Les Schwab. Who's Les Schwab? Well, you know, they sponsor this show. You know, they do a lot of great things in the community. In fact, uh, this Thanksgiving, raise a lot of food. And during the holidays, yeah, raise a lot of toys. thing I love about Les Schwab is he loves the community. He's been doing it. In fact, Instilling their family values since 1952 in all our communities. 70 years, earning your trust. Right now, the Founders Day Sale. It's a thank you to all the customers out there. Get this. You can save up to $150. That's right, $150 when you buy a set of four select tires. And all you got to do when you go in is say that Ron and Don sent you. All right? For that location near you, all you need to do is go to LesSchwab.com. That's LesSchwab.com. Les Schwab, let's say it together. They've been doing the right thing since 1952. <laughs> Hey, it's Ron here for Ron and Don Real Estate. Love those guys. So listen, I, I was out to lunch yesterday. A friend of mine's like, hey, when, when the, everything crashes, I want to buy a house on the water up on the islands. And I looked at him and I said, Danny, the market is not crashing. He goes, okay, well, when interest rates go back down to 2%, I want to buy that cabin. I said, Danny, this is the, this, the market is stabilized. Interest rates have pretty much stabilized. This is the market we have. So if you've been waiting on the sidelines going, as soon as things crash, as soon as prices comes down, as soon as we get back to the old interest rates, that is not going to happen in 2024. This is the market we have. And if you are ready to make a move, whether you need to sell or whether you want to buy in the Pacific Northwest, in fact, the entire state of Washington, Don and I are your team. So whether you're doing it or your friend or family, refer us to them and let's get a game plan to together we call it a ron and don sit down you can call me directly you can email me ron at ron and don.com or you can go to ron and don sit down.com set up that sit down let's put a game plan together this is the market we're in this year it's stabilizing and it's going to start to heat up so let's get a game plan together ron and don sit down.com all right, you guys, welcome back to the Ron and Don Show. Don't forget, we sell the sound. So when you need us, ronanddonsitdown.com. We'll sit down virtually. And then, like Saturday, Ron and I are jumping in a rig, heading the Federal Way down to Tacoma. Uh, and then next week, we head up to Edmonds. So we like to virtually meet, meet find out if we're going to be good partners. And if you know someone that's relocating, yeah, we uh, are your number one relocation specialist. In fact, we just we just been given an award. We did what most realtors do. We gave it to ourselves. We gave ourselves a Congratulations, reward. <laughs> Cracks me up when I see all these realtors giving themselves wars. <laughs> I'm like, where's my reward? I'm just going to start giving to me. Anyway, uh, we're going to talk about boomers in a moment, why they're not selling their homes. And we deal with a lot of boomers in our business. Uh, what a fiasco. This reason I hadn't heard. Uh, so we're going to share it with you and see what you think. Before we get to that, though, let's get to this. Rock stations. Rock stations are disappearing, Ron. So we're lucky that we still have KZOK and KSW here. Our good friend, uh, 
Danny Bonaducci just went, uh, he just retired from KZOK. Our friend BJ went from KSW. He's over at KZOK. What's happening in a lot of cities, though, in fact, this just happened in Boston, WAAF, Heritage Rock Station. They just sold. And you know what's really interesting, you look at the AM dial, as you see more EVs, the AM dial will go away. In fact, at an EV, you won't see an AM dial. There's too much static uh, that's created by the battery. So as we transition, you're not going to see the AM dial. And then also, by 2030, you'll see the disappearance yeah, of the FM dial. That's why you see so many legacy radio stations out there trying to do what we're doing now and saying, wow, we better get in the podcast business, right? Anyway, this is really interesting, Ron, because these these rock stations, these big heritage rock stations, they're not just turning the signals off like they are on some places on the AM band. They're actually selling to a particular company that now is making a lot of money and they own, I think they rank number two in America right now, right behind our iHeartMedia when it comes to owning radio stations. Yeah, right? this is a very long expose done by the Rolling Stone magazine, and it's super interesting. I, I think interesting to us as well, because we, that was our career before real estate as we worked in radio, is it's a, it's a Christian nonprofit that is going around and buying stations. And what they talk about in this article, and, and we've seen it, you just, you just mentioned it. Radio properties, when Don and I got into the business, were worth sometimes $100 million for one one signal. Like if you're in a major market like Los Angeles, San Francisco, New York, Chicago, you know, a top 10 market, it, w- it would not be uncommon to see one radio station sell for 50 to $100 million, sometimes more, depending on what their revenues were. And then when you would combine it into a group, like let's say you had a four-station cluster, you could get a, a really a- enormous price for that. And so there was some deregulation happening. We didn't need to go down that whole row. But now... With uh, the what, what the internet has done, these properties, and, and one more thing, back in the day, you could buy an individual radio stock on the stock market, and it would perform well. Like, you could buy CBS radio stock, and if you got it at the right time, you could make a lot of money on that. That's completely dried up. You can no longer buy or sell these. A lot of these stocks have gone onto the penny stock, and they've been removed uh, from the New York Stock Exchange because nobody wants them anymore, because everything has moved over to digital. So what what happens is all these radio stations have plummeted in value and uh, people, if you're part of a conglomerate, there's someone that's looking at this and going, uh, like you just said in Boston, why are we keeping this asset around? It's got a building. It's got a tower. We got to pay all these benefits to people like we're not making nobody's buying the ads the way they used to. Our sales team has gone on to sell other things like what are we doing here? And so they sell it for pennies on the dollar to this Christian company. Why would the Christian company want this? Well, because it has taken advantage of a couple loopholes uh, in the way the FCC wrote their regulations. So way back in the day, and you may or may not have ever noticed this, way back in the day, the FCC said, we want to leave a part of our spectrum uh, on the, the radio dial for, for mom and pops and for educational services or for religious organizations, for nonprofits. And so if you notice, down in the 80s and 90s on your radio dial, that you 
usually historically has been clustered where you'll get a public radio station. You might get a, a religious radio station. Maybe you'll get a registration from a high school or a junior college. We'll have their own radio station frequency way down there and they won't have huge signals, but the FCC did that on purpose. So they carved out these exemptions tax-exempt status for religious organizations or for a college if you're going educational. And part of that legislation was if you were a religious organization, because this goes all the way back to the founding of radio, some of the very first radio stations were uh, preachers that would set up a tower and send out their signal. Some of the very first powerhouses were preachers that would broadcast in the middle of America and they would, they would uh, you know, preach the gospel according to the way they thought about it. So part of that was they wanted the ability to ask for donations. So if you think about public radio and you think about religious radio that are nonprofits, they can come on the station and say, we want you to donate directly to the radio station. And a lot of people get a tote bag uh, here in, in the Pacific Northwest from their favorite public radio station. And so this religious organization is able to buy up these stations for a fraction of the money. Then they flip it over to this sort of bland Christian contemporary music where nothing's controversial, nothing's really heavy. It's like this real sort of uh, similar adult white guy, uh, soft rock, uh, gospel oriented music, not even gospel, just Christian oriented music. They don't do gospel. They don't do Christian hip hop. There's just the same type of music all run a hub and spoke. There's no physical location in the city. There's no employees in that city. What they do though, is they ask for donations so, and they don't provide any jobs in that city. They'll give any jobs in that city. Yeah, and what they'll tell you to do is, Hey, help save this radio station. You don't have to save the radio station. The radio station's always already paid for what you're doing when you're quote unquote, helping the radio station is you're giving them more money to go out and acquire more radio stations because the radio stations Ron Ron was talking about that were, let's say, one stick in a big city is worth $100 million. You can buy that stick today for 15 to $20 million and maybe even package in another radio station or two. The other thing is with religious broadcasters, they can buy as many radio stations as they want on the AM and FM band. There's nothing to preclude them from doing that. And again, like Ron said, KSW can't go on the air and say, hey, pay. we need more money because we got to pay BJ Shea. Uh, and in fact, the station that owns or, or uh, Odyssey that owns KSW, they just filed for bankruptcy. So a lot of these stations, and you may say you may see it happen with KSW. They they are under Chapter Eleven right now. I don't know if they're going to be able to, to reform. And if they can't, that station is going to be on the auction block. And you'll probably see, next thing you know, that's going to be a K-Love radio station. So, yeah, so and, they'll, is- and they'll be able to go on air, raise money, say, hey, help save K-Love here in Seattle. They're providing no jobs for anyone in Seattle. This is, on, this is just on a satellite. And what they're going to do is they're going to take money out of here locally, not provide any jobs to this economy, and then use that to go out – and buy more radio stations. And it's interesting. It's a nonprofit, but the last time they disclosed salaries, uh, the CEO of this Christian nonprofit made between $700,000 and $1 million per year. And that's a couple of years old. Yeah. So it's 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 interesting i for the longest time and i don't remember if for the longest time people were saying the sky is falling radio is dying radio is dying and you and i you know for many years i was like oh you're 
That's not true. We still have great ratings. We have a lot of people listening to the Ron and Don show. And then finally, it reached that tipping point where I, I think it's true now. I think that I, I never listen to the radio. Uh, like I listen to, to audiobooks or podcasts that I like. Um, I, I, boy, unless there is a, a, a building on fire or if, unless there is a, a live sporting event that I'm driving while uh, want to listen to, I never listen to the radio. Yeah, and even people listen to it, you can't monetize it. You used to be able to monetize it around sports because people do turn, turn in for sports. So like the old stations that we worked at, they say, wow, we have great ratings. No, really, your hosts don't have great ratings. You get great ratings when the Mariners are on every afternoon, or you get great ratings when the Seahawks are on. But you can't sell that because the Mariners now sell their games and the Seahawks sell their games. And then you have to pay for the right to have them on. So there, there's nothing around. We used to have special sales teams that would sell just Mariners or Seahawks. Now those teams do all that themselves. Plus, the, 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 that Seahawks or Mariner game is not unique because they're they're they have the leverage and they're allowing those games to go out on other platforms so that they can monetize it. So even if people even if it shows that people are tuning in, they're usually tuning in for live sports. They're not tuning in for hosts. And this is where where I learned things that really change. When I did ads for Mercedes Benz of Linwood, and then they called the AE one day and they said we're we're canceling all our ads. And and they said, why are you doing this, Don? Not doing a good job. And they said, no, he's actually doing a good job. But my son and the gentleman who was running Mercedes Benz of Linwood was in his seventies. His son had just graduated for, from the university. He was stepping in now. He had been there at the store for about three years. He was twenty six, twenty seven. He said, we are going all digital. We're going to spend all our money on digital and targeted ads. And so they took all that money and they were done with it. So really, that is what has happened with radio is all that money now is being spent on podcast just like this one. If you listen to Kyle Radio, you won't hear, for instance, ads for Spotify like you were here or or a mortgage or even um, our title sponsor. Uh, you won't hear them on that radio station because they are spending their money on podcasts that people are actually listening to. We'll see you on the other side. Hey, it's Ron and Don here with Mitch Weeks. You know him better as Mitch.loans. Mitch, you have a really cool new product for investors. I think it's kind of the first I've ever heard of it. Yeah, so we have a great new investor cash flow program. And what this is, is we take the house you are buying and we inspect it, not you, the borrower. And so what we do is we look at the house and we say, will it cash flow? If you put 20% down, will it make more money than it's going to cost you to keep paying off your mortgage? And if it does, it's yours. It doesn't matter what you make on your own. It doesn't matter all these other things that we usually have to document. They don't matter. They're gone. It's just, does this house make sense? And if it does, you can buy all right, so you can go up to four doors, up to four units on this. And uh, Don and I have never heard of a product like this. It's pretty exciting if you've been wanting to get into the investment game. So go to Mitch.loans right now. Set up a time to talk to Mitch. See if you qualify for this new program. That's Mitch.loans. All right, you guys, welcome back uh, to the Ron and Don Show. Don't forget, we sell the sound. So when you need us, just reach out and we'll virtually meet. And then we'll bring you, uh, I sat down with Ron and Don Coffee Cup. Uh, when we meet in person, whether you're buying, selling, investing, we want to be a part. 
of your real estate journey, and we'll meet you where you're at. Boomers own most of the real estate in America. They own 70% of it, which means they own most of the mortgages, right? And a lot of these mortgages, it's pretty crazy. Uh, many of these mortgages, 70% of the mortgages in America are under 4%. So what are boomers doing? Uh, they're supposed to be selling their homes so then the millennials can step in and buy from the boomers and the boomers are supposed to downsize and then they're supposed to go to the 55 year or older place which is really 75 years or older and then as my uncle George said uh, be careful because every time you're an ambulance here comes the meat wagon Donald is what he'd tell me and another one bites the dust <laughs> a little oversimplified he was in a 55 year or older since he was like 50 he lived well into his 90s and he said man every time you heard that ambulance it just reminded you that one day they're coming for you he said I should have never moved into that place i should have never downsized i should have kept smoking drinking whiskey so i would have died younger uh because he had emphysema early on the doctor said quit smoking so he did he said i should have hung on to my riding lawnmower my boat my eddie bauer van i should have kept uh, uh going out to lake michigan and maybe i'd sink my boat out there he said you want to die with your fishing pole in your hand you don't want to just die somewhere where you hear the meat wagon come each and every night and he said when i'm down to three teeth and i'm eating soup he goes, that's when I'm checking out. 96, he was down to three teeth, eating soup, and he checked out, and he left the building. Anyway, I think what's really interesting here is we see all these, these rules where boomers are supposed to downsize. And, Ron, they are not downsizing. I had read it was because of the interest rate. I didn't read it was because of something else, but th this is new to me. Right? Yeah. So one of the other major factors in this is uh, capital gains. And so please don't, uh, you know, hit the pause button. I'm going to try to explain capital gains as, as well as I can, but it is interesting. So uh, years ago, uh, the government set up a an exemption for taxes, uh, especially for couples. And so they set this, this uh, track with me here for a minute. They said, if you're a married couple and you guys buy the family house together and then you're getting uh, towards the end of your life or you uh, want to sell that house, we're going to carve out an exemption where you will pay no taxes on a capital gain. So let's pause for one second and talk about what a capital gain is when you have some sort of asset. It can be a stock, a mutual fund, a bond, like some sort of financial instrument. And, and how real estate counts as one of those. And so oh, you're not paying any taxes on that while you own it. While you own it, it's just sitting there being a house or sitting there being a stock that you own. So when you sell that asset, Set, the government wants you to pay tax on the money that you made on the asset. All right. So they're going to tax you in the future when you sell that thing on the capital gain. And so the government said for real estate, what we're going to do and make it different than things like stocks and bonds and mutual funds, because you're living there is you're going to be exempt. Each individual will be exempt for the first $250,000 uh, the, of, of capital gains that you make for couples, that'll be $500,000. And so for the longest time, that was reasonable. If you bought a house in Kansas city, Missouri in 1990, for $49,000. And then you sold it last year for, you know, $500,000 
you only made $500,000. So you paid no taxes that's on pretty, the capital gains. That's pretty high for Kansas City, Missouri. Well, you know what I'm saying. So maybe you yeah. sold it for $400,000. I mean, in Kansas City, Missouri, uh, and in Kansas City itself, you got to remember – uh, Kelsey was living in a mansion for a million bucks. Did you see his million I dollar? Did. And he ju- he just bought a six million dollar mansion, and it it looks like Jay Z's mansion in Beverly Hills. So you you get a little more house in uh, so in, for in the Kansas City. Most of Middle America, that five hundred thousand dollar exemption could absorb the increase in price that you got on your real estate. Now, if you're on the coasts or, or you're in the Gulf Coast of America, Florida, uh, all the way up to, to Maine, and you're on the West Coast. I'll, and I'll give, you, I'll give you an example. I looked at a house yesterday in Queen Anne. Uh, the people bought it in 2005. They bought it in 2005 for $450,000, and they're selling it today for $1.5 million. Well, I'll go one-up you on that. We just did a— no, I, did I was just a, trying to up you. I was just trying to give you an example. Okay, yeah, so—or I just did a CMA for a guy that bought a house in Magnolia for two hundred and sixty grand in the 1990s. It's worth over $2 million now. So what happens in that scenario? Yeah. So if you're in that scenario and you're a boomer, you bought the family home, now you're selling it, you take that $500,000— uh, off the table, you're still profiting, let's call it a million dollars. Well, for most people, the capital gains tax is going to be around 25 to 30%. So they look at this and they do the math and they go, I don't want to write a check to the government for 280000 or $300,000 on this million that I made. And so I'm just going to stay in this house. I, I guess I'm staying in the house, even though I don't want to stay in this house. And that, to me, is very, very interesting for this, this concept. When you were working and you paid taxes every year, because it's a relatively small amount compared to this $300,000, you just, you, no one's happy about it, but you pay your taxes. Um, if you had, if you got to wait 10 years or 15 years, let's say you didn't pay any taxes for 15 years, and then you had to pay one tax bill, it would probably be two to $300,000. And so because it's not spread out over time, people feel a certain way about this capital gains tax. And they just don't want to do it, even though if they, you spread it out over the 30 years that you own the home, it's $10,000 a year. Um, they don't think of it that way. They think of it that I'm, I'm somehow getting ripped off by the government. You're still walking away with the $700,000 plus the $500,000 that is exempt, you're still walking away with $1.2 million after taxes. But this is a, a big thing right now uh, among baby boomers is that they are trying to figure out a way to avoid capital gains tax. And there's not really a way. Yeah, and I don't know if you're necessarily walking away. I don't totally agree with that because a lot of these properties that, that people have purchased – they have paid a lot of property tax on these homes. They've paid a lot to borrow money. And then you've paid a lot to improve the property, right? And so to just say, hey, I bought a house for 500 grand. And then 15 years later, I sold it for 1.5 million. The holding costs of that property, uh, and especially if you've had to make improvements, if that property had deferred maintenance, if you put a new roof on it, if you had to fix the mechanicals here in Seattle, if it doesn't have AC, 
you better go get AC, right? And 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 people want central air. They don't want mini splits because they don't understand mini splits or they think mini splits are ugly, especially in these old craftsman homes. There's people that won't buy homes with mini splits, right? And then and then you learn about heat pumps. And then a lot of these homes don't have good foundations. So then you got to figure, how do I shore up this foundation for for earthquakes? Tons of homes around here you can buy that, that haven't been strapped are just sitting there on pier and post or they're just sitting on pebbles or they're just some of them are sitting on logs. or so, I have a house that's just sitting on dirt. <laughs> so there's a lot of money that you've pumped into this house. You've paid a lot. Uh, to own the house through the money that you've borrowed, right? Because the bank always wants their money up front. Uh, so the holding cost of a house and a holding cost of a property, it's not like renting a property. So it's not like you bought a house for 500 grand, you sold it for 1.5 and you made a million dollars. It's not true because chances are you've, you've had to pump a lot of money. In yeah, it. but th- those costs were there regardless. Um, if Let's say that you bought a house and then it went no, no, down in no, value no, and you sold it. They're not there. It depends, it depends on the house that you bought whether they're there regardless and but you're gonna it, it have to maintain on, anything it depends that you on buy. the neighborhood whether they're there regardless. Right, I'm just so, saying that, that, so that's not true I, that's not true well it, it is true in the sense of if you own a piece of real estate whatever you're you're not guaranteed a capital gain like the, the you, you talked about um a house that is selling someone bought two years ago and they're losing 200 grand on that there's no capital gains on 250 that. grand so they're not paying capital gains because there's no gain and so they'll actually be able Ron, to I got, write. I got it. All on, uh, the, the point that I'm making, the only point that I'm making, you're arguing with me, and I, I wasn't trying to create an argument. I was trying to add value to the conversation that you're having, is I don't want people to think that you go out, you buy a house, you sit on it, and then years later you've made all this money. Because in order to hold that house, it's a lot of work and it's a lot of money to hold the house. That's all I'm saying. I, wasn't I, trying, I agree with I you wasn't, with that. I wasn't trying to argue with you. I agree so, with you so with that. If, if you felt but I was picking a fight, I apologize. The, the mental game of how you think about taxes and what your capital gains tax, in my mind, is a separate bucket than what it costs for you to improve your property. Yeah, and, and, to, and to your point, Congress, because homes aren't selling – there, there is legislation before Congress to say, hey, let's loosen this thing up when it comes to capital gains. Uh, and in, in an investment property, you, you can 1031 and you can deal with capital gains that way. And I agree with you on that premise of saying, hey, because these homeowners had all these holding costs, we should diminish their capital gains where I don't have a holding. I don't have any maintenance fees uh, when I buy a stock. So that logic I agree with. I think they should raise these amounts, especially, you know, things have changed in the last 30 years, specifically on the coast and real estate prices have gone up dramatically. So I, I agree with I think I think we're in, in agreement. Yeah. As they say. And some people are saying, I'm in this big house, I'm in this neighborhood, and I feel trapped because even if I sell the house, and by the time I get done paying my excise tax and all my fees, uh, and I have to pay my capital gains and pay my realtors, and I have to pay to fix up the house in order to bring it to market, uh, I expected to have this big chunk of money that I could live on. And so some people are saying, you know what? I'd rather just get a reverse mortgage and die in this house and stay here. Uh, no, we won't see you on the other side of that. Because uh, guess what? We're going to see you in the next episode. Hey, thanks for listening to this episode of the Ron and Don Show. We really do appreciate it. If you want to find out more about capital gains or 1031 exchanges, Ron is super smart about that stuff. So just reach out, Ron at Ron and Don. Com. And don't forget, if you're buying, selling, investing, it's always good for us to come and see your property and get eyes on it, right? And some of you do have reverse mortgages and you're stuck in those and you're like, 
how do I get out of this thing? I don't know. So anyway, we know. So just reach out to us. And if you've had a parent, a lot of people say they were hoarders. They're not hoarders. We call them collectors. <laughs> and our parents have collected a lot of stuff. There's no doubt it. No doubt about it. And when they pass, you guys, it is a lot going through it. And you feel bad sometimes because you're like, I cannot throw these World War II medals in the trash. But what am I going to do with them? Uh, we have some ideas for you. And we'll help you go through it and figure it out. And you should never be embarrassed about that. All right? Because, uh, yeah, we all live and collect things over the course of time. So, anyway, just reach out to us, ronandonsitdown.com. Thanks for listening to the show. Don't forget, if you need a loan, reach out to Mitch.loans, right? Yeah, you can find Mitch.loans. And, again, our website is ronandonsitdown.com. Let's do a real estate deal in 2024 and uh, make you a little bit of money. Yeah, you want to do a podcast, check out Spotify. You hear those ads right here. And this is really cool. If you need some new tires, the Founder Day celebration is going on at Les Schwab. Stop by. Mention Ron and Don. Get $150 off off a set of four tires uh, 85 locations to serve you leshwab.com doing the right thing since 1952 head up shoulders back here comes my son to lock us out you we listen to the ron and don show thanks for hitting like subscribe and giving us a five-star review all right on the ron and don radio network now keep your head up and your shoulders back and keep blowing that trumpet and we'll see you next time only 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 on the Ron and Don Radio Network. Thank <laughs> you.